Hello, and welcome to the Learn It podcast, a weekly conversation with global education leaders for people who are passionate about the future of learning. Our aim is to introduce you to changemakers who are reimagining what students need to know, how they will learn it, and ways technology can help or not. We're looking at reopening schools in the wake of COVID and how learning is changing. We want to know how to close equity gaps and prepare students with the mindsets and skills to thrive in what is proving to be a very uncertain world. I'm your host, Jenny Anderson. Head over to learnit.world to join the community or to get in touch. Baiju Ravindran is a household name in EdTech circles. A trained engineer, he started teaching in 2008 and realized he had a bit of a knack for it, eventually filling stadiums with up to 24,000 kids who came to learn math. In 2011, he founded his company, and in 2015, he moved from stadiums online, introducing the Learning App, which offers online videos to help with math, science, and more recently, social studies. Baiju's is now a comprehensive learning platform, which also includes an early years app and a fast-growing tutoring platform. He's got 64 million downloads and 4.2 million paid subscribers. If you're expecting online learning to work, students should love what they see on the screen. There is nobody sitting next to them, forcing them to learn. So it can happen only if we can create that love for learning and if you bring that curiosity back. He's reportedly raised over $2 billion and his investors are a who's who of venture capital, including Sequoia, Tencent, Chan Zuckerberg, and most recently, Mary Meeker and Bond Capital. That round had Baiju's valued at more than $10 billion, making it a decacorn, which is a word I didn't even know existed. He has described himself as an entrepreneur by chance and a teacher by choice, and has said that he learned more in the playground than he did in the classroom, which I'm sure delights his parents, who were both teachers. Baiju, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You told me before that before the crisis, over four and a half years, you had 40 million people try your product. In the past six months since COVID hit, that number shot up to 25 million. Can you update those numbers for us? Yeah, that's true. And and we launched our learning app in 2015, August. And what took, uh, like on the first four and a half year base, we saw more than 50% growth in the next five months, uh, ever since lockdown. I'm sure you've tried to examine what is driving that growth and what, what are your conclusions? Today, all students are trying out one or the other format of online learning. So in India, because of uh, the, the brand awareness which we have, as well as the segment awareness which we have created, it got a real boost uh, ever since uh, schools were forced to shut down. So since most of the students are still learning online, a uh, good number of them uh, are trying out today. You've said to me before, it took a crisis to realize the power of online learning. What is the power of online learning? It gives students a lot more choices. Uh, It gives them the flexibility of learning whenever they want. It helps us to personalize based on data, understanding how they learn, how much they learn, what they learn, when they learn. And that kind of helps the platform to personalize the next lesson, not just based on what they like, but more importantly, based on their proficiency level. So the personalization possible in this online format, it's very beneficial for students. Fundamentally, it also gives them access to uh, good quality content and teachers, which uh, unfortunately, it's not available for uh, most of the students, especially in a country like India. So solving the challenge around access and more importantly, efficiency. Instead of students just learn by listening from a teacher or reading from a book, we are able to enhance those formats by adding learn by seeing visual learning through these movie-like videos, learn by playing if it's for younger age group, 
as well as learn by doing by making them do these digital activities and offered through devices which they are very friendly with and in in lot of cases if it's done right you can actually hold on to the attention of a student over a screen than possibly in a uh, in a large classroom where there are like 40 50 uh, students to a, to a large extent uh, like every student it's almost like they have a friend row seat when they learn from a screen but can we create this love for learning can we find the balance between uh, keeping it engaging without losing its effectiveness i normally use the word that getting the right amount of chocolate coating before we take them through the broccoli is important schools and classrooms are possibly changing for the first time in the last 100 years and and i hope that's for good if it took a crisis to realize the power of online learning do you think that discovery will stick I'll say it will neither be 100% offline or nor 100% online on the other side of the crisis. The ideal format will be something in the middle because there are a lot of subjects which can be taught or learned better online. Now, hard subjects like math, STEM subjects, science, to some extent coding, but it can never replace what in school provides when when kids grow up, right? So, like whether it's the social skills, life skills. uh very important skills like empathy like it's it's all you need to learn that in a group by being in a classroom right so we all fondly remember uh, not just the classroom time but more importantly maybe the corridor time and the and the playground time so schools are here to stay but a uh, lot of teachers and students are realizing that there are some things which can be done better online these are very early days so you will see that it's it's not going to change uh, immediately on the like on the other side of the crisis a lot of things will rush back to offline where it was before but i'm sure over a period of time it will settle down somewhere in the middle you've said you want to help students fall in love with learning and change the way india learns can you just give us a snapshot of what you think is wrong with the way india is learning right now for the demands of the modern world the large number of students in schools in india it's more than 260 million students making us the largest school system in the world now it comes with its own challenges as i mentioned uh, the three main challenges around uh, access to quality teachers or access to good content followed by personalization is very difficult in when we have a suboptimal teacher student ratio and more importantly it's still learning driven by fear of exams and not love for learning solving these challenges at scale in the offline world it's it's very expensive and it's to some extent it's impossible to solve by building more schools and getting more teachers into our classrooms in fact over the last a uh, few decades uh, things have worsened because uh, for graduates there are so many other job options available and in small towns since since uh, urbanization increasing over the la- again over the last few decades it's been uh, tough to find good teachers in small towns so solving this at scale i'll say the only way it's about using technology as an enabler and by offering uh, these these kind of programs through smartphones because large percentage with students have access to a smartphone today though everybody is talking about digital uh, divide which do exist because bottom one third of the students close to 30% of the students don't even have access to a screen or a smartphone but the fact is the inequities which exist in the physical world is uh, that's very hard to solve so there is an opportunity here by bringing these teachers online by bringing this content online and over the next few years with uh, most of them expected to have a smartphone access to a smartphone and with the kind of internet penetration and the growth which we have seen in the last few years there's a real opportunity for us to solve and this and that to at scale i'm curious whether 
schools and or the government have come to you in this moment since you have this expertise and have built up this tremendous platform to try to use what you are directing towards individuals at any kind of system level, be it, again, a classroom, a school, or a entire state system? Yeah, so we took an approach of going direct to students because we also realized early on that it's, it's very easy to change the way students learn rather than changing the system, rather than changing the way teachers teach. And especially for next generation, those who are digital natives, and they're very comfortable uh, spending time on a screen. Now, how do we make that screen time more productive by helping them learn from a screen? If you're expecting online learning to work, students should love what they see on the screen. There is nobody sitting next to them, forcing them to learn. There is no one, there is no schedule law, which is mostly uh, self-paced learning. So it, it can happen only if we get that, uh, if we can create that love for learning and if we bring that curiosity back. Now, till now, we have not done much directly with schools or with government, but we expect that given a chance over the next few years, we can help enable teachers to become better when they teach online or for that matter, helping institutions and university to go online. Now, uh, we will also require support over there, but we have not done anything in the, in the B2B or in the B2G segment till now. What evidence do you have from your own data, of which you must have a tremendous amount at this point, that your approach works? And how do you use that data to improve your products? The two numbers which we've been tracking very closely, the engagement as well as uh, retention numbers. During the crisis, obviously, these numbers are very high. But even pre-crisis, we have seen uh, students spending on an average more than an hour on the application. In fact, uh, last year number was 71 minutes per day. Currently, that number is more than 110 minutes because obviously this has become more mainstream. This is a clear indication that students like it, but that's not enough for an entertainment platform. Maybe this is the only important metric. But for an education platform, it's very important to show outcomes. And, and the most objective way of uh, measuring outcome for us, being a B2C brand, is uh, what percentage of the students continue on the platform from the last academic year to this academic year. What percentage of them renew their uh, annual subscription? So we have completed five renewal cycles till now. Uh, and we have always enjoyed more than 80% retention number. This year, it's as high as 86%. So that gives us confidence that uh, it is working for them or it's useful for them. And are you doing any work to look at learning gains themselves? I do know a number of edtech platforms will try to measure learning outcomes and say, if you use this app, you know, you gain three months over, uh, you know, a standard curriculum or classroom against a control group. Are you doing any of that kind of work? It's not a learning platform alone. It's learning and assessment both interspersed in between. So we get an idea about what's the improvement which we see in students on the platform itself. But beyond that, what really matters is whether the parents are able to see results when, when students take those assessments in school. We don't have a direct access to the assessment reports from school. But what I mentioned is the most objective way of measuring that outcome. And this is apart from like multiple market research or it's been done by like literally all the incoming investors. And we have seen that uh, we have the best NPS for uh, kids improved academic results. So, but I was talking about for us, the real number will be that uh, expect Indian parents not to pay again if they don't, if this is, if this engagement is not resulting in positive outcomes. Have you been able to convert sort of people who try this into paid subscribers at a faster rate since COVID? The free user to paid user conversion has been growing over the last five years. During the crisis, we have also kept a lot of content on the platform free because we also want uh, to make a big difference to 
students who will never pay for it so from a pure conversion point of view the conversion percentage has not increased from free to paid users in the last 6 months and it's by choice because we have also kept lot of content free and most of our learning apps we have kept it free but without compromising on our revenue increase or monetization i was going to say are your are your investors okay with you keeping this free and if so for how long I strongly believe that there is always a certain percentage of the audience who will pay for it when they see real value in it. Our biggest challenge has always been how do we create awareness for learning from a screen and obviously paying for it when they see value in it. So when we move from this 40 million plus to now 71 million free users on the platform, we have also been able to uh, grow the business uh, significantly over the last six months. those who see real value in it when like when they spend a lot more time on it they start paying for it and then they continue paying for it when they see results a lot of parents taken by surprise when they see that their kids are actually learning or watching these science movies and or playing math games in in, uh, in 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 a personalized platform it's a surprise for a lot of them because they are used to their kids spending a lot of time on screen or mobile phones playing games and watching movies it's exactly what every parent wants right we want the guilt free screens we want them if they're on a screen to be doing something that's actually helping them and not hurting them you have a tutoring platform uh, a learning app and an early years app give us a sense within each of those where you see opportunities and where you see the most potential for growth growth driver in india has always been the freemium model where students move from a free app to a paid app and that it continues to be so we have recently launched this as like synchronous formats one to many for higher grades and the very early days but uh, we've got a promising start that's mostly on test prep as well as higher grades for younger kids uh, we have our early learning app which we have in partnership with uh, disney it's called uh, disney by juice early learn focused on 4 to 8 year olds is doing well uh, now more, all these learning apps are asynchronous personalized it's a self learning platform for certain percent of the students or parents who think that their kids won't do it on their own that's where the synchronous format helps us because it brings some kind of schedule law and what is the expectation here is that it can positively disrupt our off the offline after school tutoring so our our core products learning apps are for learning at home to some extent replacing uh, or enhancing learning from a book or reading from a book and on the other side uh, uh, when this takes off the synchronous format takes off it can now uh, uh, bring the rigor or the schedule required uh, mainly focused on test prep and higher grade kids so in india because we have created this awareness and there is still a large percentage of the students uh, hungry to learn very aspirational uh, the growth will uh, the faster growth will continue coming from the our core model which is uh, learning apps though in uh, in, in test prep with uh, a small percentage of them expected to continue learning online even on the other side of the crisis well we are well positioned to uh, capture good part of that growth but in the overall because uh, our asynchronous format is already is at a like we have a 5 year head start over there that will continue to contribute a large percentage of our revenue in india over the next 3 4 years though the synchronous formats can take up to as high as 30 to 40% of our total numbers can we talk a little bit about your acquisition strategy you've acquired white hat junior which is i think a one to one coding platform osmo which is a silicon valley based company focused on early learning years where are you looking to buy where where would you like to buy your growth and where do you want to build it we have always looked at teams or products which are very complementary osmo is, is mainly a like a very strong uh, computer vision platform which is helping us to bring offline learning online now the how that's useful for the kids learning segment especially younger kids is hands on learning is also important so they learn let's say they, when they learn math from a screen 
they practice math through worksheets as in when they practice these uh, math worksheets or uh, math science or reading worksheets using computer vision we are able to give them support from the screen without the help of a teacher where we use the the right blend of uh, ai and ml and students uh, complete those worksheets with the support of the program so that's where osmo is playing a key role in the section of uh, physical learning and digital learning and white hat junior what we have acquired is for uh, one it's adding a subject which is considered by more and more parents as an important future skill and rightly so so uh, they offer live one on one coding with teachers in india and students anywhere in the world though uh, today half of the revenue is coming from india and the half is coming from us and one or two other english speaking markets that's a big opportunity where we can capitalize on this large talent pool of teachers whom we can create in india offering this one to one one to two or one to four small format uh, live lessons not just in coding beyond coding like any subject where we can uh, productize the offering like for for teachers so that we can scale that without compromising on the on the teacher quality so today uh, uh, that's also a big opportunity so all these acquisitions will fall into one of these pillars more subjects more grades or more or something which will help us in more markets so the white hat junior model is will help us in our international expansion osmo is uh, giving us a head start in us apart from having a strong technology component in india like unfortunately the like just 23% of women in the workforce where uh, if you take a look at the graduates those who are coming out of our universities the number is almost equal like just about 50% is actually women so there is a huge opportunity here to give them the flexibility of uh, teaching from home like working as much as they want or as less as they want uh, training them and getting them up to speed we are almost creating these high quality high paying teaching jobs based on these teachers helping students anywhere in the world in case when i say anywhere in the world especially english speaking markets this is there's a big opportunity and we see the growth uh, happening on that side also in the last 12 months we have added more than 10000 teachers on that platform and the kind of ownership which we see from them is like is almost unbelievable so because these are possibly the only good quality job option available to these women not just in small towns small towns and in big cities in india so you're targeting this group of women who could potentially be what are now one 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 to small group coding teachers for white hat junior but within white hat junior you also see an expansion of subject matters what would be some other subjects we might see in there we will launch math very soon and then we look at uh, science as well as language learning for all these subjects finding the the right supply of teachers will never be a challenge because i we are talking about millions of unemployed underemployed unfortunately and and uh, high quality graduate women uh both fresh graduates as well as those who struggle to re-enter work post once they take a break like you almost feel that okay this is such a simple idea why no one has done it before but but the key is in the execution right like we have an opportunity to, of doing both digital as well as physical uh, activities using work, books and worksheets and teachers are kind of facilitating and supporting maintaining them guiding them to complete those learning modules so it it is still teachers taking a back seat and that's i i strongly believe that's the right format of learning where students take initiative in learning and if we can create more and more active learners using both these platforms that's what i'll call success i want to create more and more active learners because that's the requirement of the future right the 21st century literature not the ones who can't read and write they're the ones who can't learn unlearn and relearn because whatever you teach kids today 10 years 15 years down the line by the time they enter the workforce 
the skill set required will be very different from uh, even if you continue updating curriculum and there is an opportunity to do that when you do it online enough research reports shows that more than half of the jobs are not even defined only way they can survive is by learning how to learn and we are just nudging them towards that by using our self learning platform as well as these teaching platforms where we are giving control back to the students and that's why you can scale this because teachers are playing more of the role of a mentor or a guide let students uh, uh, do an activity on screen or on a book and teachers are there to guide them and support them when they are uh, stuck somewhere they will make the intervention as and when it's necessary any markets in particular you're interested in uh, that you haven't mentioned we are looking at companies which can add value like either add value to our uh, existing user base in terms of uh, a new product or a new subject or a company or a platform which can give us access to distribution so that we can get a head start from a distribution point of view when we enter these new markets uh, obvious ones are obviously us uk and other uh, english speaking markets australia new zealand canada so you've raised a lot of money and you're spending a lot of money you're also the sponsor of india's national cricket team how do you think about sort of raising money and spending money right now what we have done in terms of creating brand awareness and segment awareness in india has turned out to be the right decision and in our case the challenge was not around brand awareness but actually was for segment awareness a segment of self learning in in the market which is uh, paranoid about spoon feeding was uh, considered a big challenge and and uh, slowly but surely we are able to drive adoption in an organic way when i say organic way students even when we don't do any marketing campaigns we are able to get like between 2 uh, to 2 and 1/2 million new users onto the platform now that's a that's a big validation of the product effort so to create this create brand awareness so, and and segment awareness so that parents start trusting the brand is important just launching it in a new market won't help us so in new markets uh there will be a phase where there will be 2 3 years of uh, where it will be will be in the investment mode before we create a profitable model india we have achieved that uh, in in our fourth year itself the fact that we are able to retain most of them on the platform is the reason why it's 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 very attractive even from uh the, the, from a profitability perspective our, our core model we have only utilized 400 million of capital raised the the remaining we have utilized acquiring these good companies and teams especially in the last couple of years the fundraising is also mostly to fuel our inorganic growth organic or our core uh, model is already profitable and it doesn't require any more cash how did you come to start bajus just to dramatize the story i can say i come from a small village but it's a fact the south of india and like from a state called kerala my parents te- were teachers but they have back that they gave me the, the complete freedom to pursue uh, whatever i liked uh, like my my love for games and love for math that helped me as to become an entrepreneur i'm i'm very sure about it i used to spend most of my time outside classrooms playing multiple games though uh, parents never complained because I, i was kind of in a way i, I was self learning i was learning on my own uh, the subjects which i liked whether it's math science even the average english which uh, i spoke over the last uh, uh, few minutes is what i've learned by listening to sports commentary on radio so uh, i have been fortunate enough that uh, my passion around learning math and teaching math is and i was able to pursue that Uh, though in between i also ended up becoming an engineer if you are good in math and south of india that's your default option an engineer by chance a teacher by choice which made me an entrepreneur by chance so i used to teach kids in my village even when i was in uh, like 8th grade 9th grade i remember teaching kids in 11th and 12th grade especially math i used to bunk most of my classes in school so uh, the fact that i didn't have access to a good school i went to a non english medium uh, like school in my village that helped me to become a continuous learner and this is where uh, like you create more and more active learners 
maybe fast forward the story i continued teaching my friends in school college what started off more like during my vacation over uh, weekends with just uh, 30 35 of my friends ended up becoming so big that by seventh session the number was 1200 so we, it moved from a classroom to an auditorium and then later to stadiums the biggest batch used to be 24000 students learning together in the largest indoor stadium in india that's a high school math uh, for 13 14 15 year olds focused on uh, like all important areas of math not just uh, the concepts and techniques but also fundamentals around how to learn like we used to book stadiums uh, in in multiple cities and i used to travel around uh, india like weekdays i used to go to five different cities weekends in fact i used to cover four more cities and that's how nine cities i used to travel and run around and take those sessions before we figured out uh, a better model not just from a scalability perspective but also for students in, instead of sitting in those stadiums for 3 uh, 4 hours uh, in a completely non interactive format they used to see only large screens not even see me properly so in 2015 we uh, disrupted our own model to move from this 100% offline 100% services based model to a 100% online and a product based approach by launching these uh, learning apps and the smartphones were taking off apps were becoming popular uh, there was nothing called learning apps before we kind of uh, created this category in india like in in that continuous pursuit of how to make it bigger but most importantly better was there something particular about the value of education in india that you were able to command that kind of audience or do you think that could happen anywhere i was innovating those sessions to a level where i was kind of doing math concerts and not necessarily math sessions in all these countries where there's young population which are also like fast growing there's competition everywhere competition to get in schools get into universities so there's also a lot of, that also adds a lot of pressure this also shows two sides of the story right on one side it shows that students are very hungry to learn and very aspirational and a large percentage of them because it's it's education is still the only way to make it big for them on the other side it also shows all the challenges right why are they sitting in a stadium Uh, where they can't even see the teacher and learning and sitting for three four hours and with with thousands of students together that shows all the challenges in the section. Uh, so it's it's it shows both sides of the story, right? You have a six year old son, um, and we all have a lot of ideas about learning before we become a parent that sometimes get somewhat upended by having children. What have you learned about learning from your son? My dad uh, always gave me the freedom. India is from the kind of background where I came from. Uh, becoming an entrepreneur is unheard of this lot of perception uh, and people are not willing to take risk right and entrepreneurship is all about uh, taking all these calculated risks now what i am trying to do here is like i am trying to be like half as good as him and i'm sure i'll be a good dad now i'm not talking about parenting here and i'm not someone who can give lessons on parenting but what i've seen is it's it's almost like it's it's very exciting to like see how curious they are the number of questions which they ask some who as a 4 year old 5 year old 6 year old He he will ask me at least fifty questions now that I'm also at home and I'm getting a lot of time to spend with him also. Most of these questions are around why, how, when, where, and not just about what. And somewhere like we forget this in our education system where we focus so much on the what of learning and we miss out on this the hows and whys of learning. And that's where uh, how do we make sure that students continue asking these questions initially to maybe parents and teachers, but later to themselves, right? Today there are so many ways of finding answers. but somewhere we lose that curiosity and we stop asking questions this is going to be our attempt over the next few years in in bringing that childlike curiosity back in all of us how do you see education changing most dramatically as a result of covid both in india and in the world i've already talked a bit about it a blended learning and then classrooms of tomorrow will have or i'll say should have 
technology at its core, empowering students to cross over from passive to active learning. Uh, hopefully, this will see a leap from the traditional one-to-many approach to blended one-on-one learning experiences, providing students the best of both what the physical and the digital worlds can offer. So learning should eventually combine this, what I've been talking about, the asynchronous online elements with synchronous elements, either offline or online, where students online interact with each other, their teachers and with content all at the same time. Because there's so much information available today, right? For someone who wants to know the answers. So if you just flip this from spoon feeding to uh, like active learning, I strongly believe that's the future of learning. Baiju, thank you so much for being with us. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank, thanks, Jenny. What struck me most about this conversation was Baiju's incredible scale and reach from the number of downloads and subscribers to his vision for White Hat Junior, which is to tap into the massive pool of underemployed and unemployed women in India and make them into teachers who can coach students from home in everything from coding to math and science. I admire his very clear view on how education needs to change from passive to active, from in-person to blended, to a mix of synchronous and asynchronous. His observation that kids ask the who, what, where, when, why, but education only focuses on the what was spot on. And I love how his passion for sports and play infused his mission to make learning fun and active so that kids embrace it beyond just passing exams. Finally, the image of stadiums full of kids learning math will stay with me for a very long time. Thanks for listening. We'll link to the items mentioned in today's podcast in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it. And you can find out more about our community of global education leaders and upcoming meetups by joining our mailing list at learnit.world. In the meantime, stay safe, stay curious, and see you next week.